0: Welcome to
1: Cover 4. If you're a Section 4 football fan, you're in the right place. This is your podcast. I'm Coach Smith, and I'll be your host. Buckle up. Let's go. The Cover 4 podcast is in its fourth season of bringing you dedicated Section 4 football insight. If you enjoy this podcast, I'm asking you to consider making a thank you donation to ensure this podcast continues well into the future. In the show notes, click the support the show link and follow the prompts. Thank you in advance for your consideration and donation. Officials are needed. The the officials are the third team on the field, and without them, games don't take place. The officials usually make the calls, but today I'm making the call for the officials the ranks of the football officials continue to dwindle we always need officials if you're interested in becoming an official visit their facebook page and just search on southern tier football officials that's southern tier football officials click on the message button and send your name and contact information welcome to week seven of the section four football season in this episode Roger Neal will cover the Class B contest between Norwich and Windsor. I will cover the non-divisional game between Waverly and Owego.
0: Kick it off, Roger. All right, Tim. Hey, this weekend we're getting down there the final couple of weeks of the regular season, pointing to the playoffs. Every game has playoff implications, not just to qualify for the playoffs, but to jockey for seeding. And hopefully, at least in some cases, for home field advantage. One of those games coming up, Norwich at the Windsor Black Knights this weekend. It should be a very evenly matched game. Let's take a look at what they look like coming into play this weekend. First of all, last week, Norwich crushed Shenango Valley 49-6. to And Windsor pulled out a 12-7 win against Owego. In the Windsor win, they scored both TDs in the first half and then held on with some fine defense in the second half of play. But for Norwich, they rolled early, they got a big lead, and they were able to go on and knock off CV 49-6. So CV continues to look for its first win of the season. What about Windsor? Well, coming in, 6-1 and one overall, 2-1 and one in Class B in Division Three. And they've scored overall 203 points, averaging 29 a game. They've given up 98 for 14 a game. So they really offensively, averaging anyhow, have doubled up the points put on the board versus the ones that they have given up on the board. For Windsor, in the game last week, Mason McCombs was a standout, 28 carries, which is a big workload at any level. 157 yards and one touchdown. So he was a big key in that win for Windsor against Owego. Now both these teams are tied for second place in Class B behind the Main Endwell Spartans, who just keep on rolling. Overall six and zero, and atop the pack in Class B at three and zero. Now what about Norwich? Well, two and one in Division Three play, three and four overall. They are averaging 35 points a game, but they've also given up almost 23 points a game. So they score more, but they give up more on defense as well. Last weekend, they were up 34 zip over Shenango Valley, ending up winning at 49 to six. Purple Tornado, 240 yards rushing in that game. So they, if they pound the ball on the ground, are very difficult to stop. Last weekend, Stephen Dowdall, a key five of eight passing, 85 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but he also ran for 136 yards in seven carries. So They've got a potent offense, certainly one that if they have ground control can be very difficult to stop, and uh, that is going to be a tough test both ways, again tied for second place in Class B. Now, looking ahead, you can't look ahead, I know that, but hey, jockeying for standings, Norwich home against Maine, and well, next weekend, the regular season finale, while Windsor will travel to Johnson City next weekend. So, obviously, This game is key. The Windsor Black Knights are at home against Norwich, and it should be one of the best games of the weekend, certainly around Class B competition, Tim.
1: Thank you for covering that, Roger. Appreciate it. Take care. Absolutely. You too. Now our second game of the week. I want to begin with what is most important. This will be the pink out game. That's P-I-N-K out, pink out game in support of breast cancer awareness, a great cause that unfortunately has affected so many of us, including myself. I am a survivor of this disgusting two-syllable, six-letter, C-word disease. Contribute when and where you can. God bless. Now the game. This should be a good old-fashioned Tioga County clash between Waverly and Owego. Kickoff is scheduled for Friday at 7 p.m. at Owego's Christy J. Valvo Stadium. I'll begin with a little Captain Obvious and say Owego will have their hands full when they face the test from the West, the Waverly Wolverines, led by longtime head coach Jason Miller. Waverly is defending Section 4 Class C champions and currently ranked number five in New York State. They are 4-0 in the division and 6-1 overall. Last week, they beat a good Susquehanna Valley team 42-12, and they're on a five-game winning streak. Waverly outscores their opponents by an average of 25 points per game. And Waverly possesses one of the best passing games in Section 4 and probably the state. Their quick striking aerial attack is led by Waverly's fifth-year senior quarterback, Joey Tomaso. He's been playing so long, I believe we should be calling him Mr. Tomaso. He can throw the whole route tree, from the wide receiver bubble screen to the go route and every route in between. He can throw the fastball, long ball, and touch pass when needed. What makes Waverly tough to defend is Tommaso's ability to run the ball. When I was a defensive coordinator, these types of quarterbacks used to give me flu-like symptoms. His running ability will force a Owego to play a lot of zone coverage so that they don't get run off by the receivers. Waverly has a stable of receivers. Two 6'4 wide receivers, Jake Van Houten and who I call the X-Factor, Xavier Watson. They are physical receivers with exceptional catch radius. They actually convert the 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls or 80-20 balls in their favor. They are complemented by slot receiver Jay Pfeiffer, who has been one of Joey's primary targets for three seasons. Jay has the outstanding ability in what I call both yak statistics, yaks meaning yards after catch and yards after contact. Slot receiver Colson Keithley was switched to tailback last week due to injuries to other backs and gained 68 yards on seven carries and had one touchdown. Last week, Mr. Tommaso was 13 of 15 for 123 yards and four TDs in the first half. I'm sure Coach General Patton is well aware and has made plans to deal with this since they dug themselves a first-half hole in the last two games. Waverly can run the ball, too. Last week, they accumulated 212 yards on 30 carries, and this was all with their two top ball carriers, Peyton Fravel and Ethan Perry, out. The Owego Riverhawks, and I'm still not used to that. I always want to say Owego Indians, but the Owego Riverhawks, led by first-year head coach General Patton Taylor, came into this game peaking at the right time. Owego is 2-2 two and two in the division and 3-3 three and three overall. Last week they lost to Windsor 12-7, to and Owego is averaging 21 points per game and allowing 24 points per game. They are currently tied with three teams for second place in a division. Last week on a rainy night in Owego, they spotted a powerful Windsor team, two first-half TDs, and then held Windsor scoreless the remainder of the game. Not easy. Owego was in a position to win the game, actually. Owego uh, tried to fake punt late that ultimately worked in their favor, and they also had a successful onside kick right after making the score 12-7, but they were unable to take advantage of the opportunity. That game probably determined the number two seed in the Class B playoffs. Considering the Owego team fields almost all juniors, their roster totaling 35 student athletes is comprised of eight seniors, 24 juniors, and three sophomores. Most of Owego's starting 22 will be back next season. I look for improvements next season from them. Owego has been improving over the last few weeks, especially the play of their linemen. They are beginning to peak at the right time. And goes quarterback, Caleb Cole, along with um, his linemen and his backfield mates, Brendan Schofield, Joe Palladino, and Conlon Taylor, they need to run the ball, keep the clock moving, and play keep away from the powerful Waverly offense. Easier said than done. This should be a very interesting game. Some student-athletes to watch, and of course, this is an addition to the linemen for each team. Here are a few student athletes who will impact the outcome of this game. For Waverly, quarterback Joey Mr. Tomaso, slot receiver Jay Pfeiffer, wide receiver Jake Van Houten, wide receiver Colson Keithley, and the X-Factor again, wide receiver Xavier Watson, and running back Carter George. For Owego, Caleb, the quarterback Caleb Cole, tailback Brendan Schofield, running back Joe Palladino, fullback Conlon Taylor, wide receiver Adam Arball, and Jack Bushbaum. Now on to the Ask Coach Smith segment. Jim asks, I was watching a high school game recently, and a receiver wearing 99 caught a touchdown pass. I thought 99 was an ineligible receiver number. Thank you for your question, Jim. To be an eligible receiver, the student-athlete needs to meet two criteria they must be lined up in an eligible receiver position and be wearing an eligible receiver number. The eligible receiver positions are the two players on each end of the line of scrimmage and the four players in the backfield. They must also be wearing the numbers 0 through 49 or 80 through 99. Now I know that seems strange to have receiver numbers in the 90s, but by definition of the rule, 99 is an eligible receiver number. I encourage all of you to submit your questions and recommendations. Visit Cover4.com, and that's C-O-V-E-R-I-V.com, Cover4.com, and there's two sections you can go to, either Ask Coach Smith or the Next Fan Up section. I'm happy to announce that I will be teaming with Pat McDonald to broadcast this game on Choice 102.1 FM Waverly, and WEBO 107.9 FM Owego. If you're in attendance, you can still listen to the game on the smartphone. All you have to do is visit MyHometownToday. That's myhometowntoday.com and click on either station. Enjoy. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends to visit cover4.com and be the next fan up. Your inputs are never out of bounds. In football and life, it's not where we line up, it's where we wind up. Thank you for listening to the Cover 4 Podcast.